Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully B, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to lighten lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Right. Today we have Lisa LaScala on the show. She is a self-love coach who helps women find happiness within without diet or exercise. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Hey, Heidi. I am doing so good. How are you? Great. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today because the topic we're about to jam on is so near and dear to both of our hearts because I know that hundreds of thousands of people are suffering from this on a daily basis. We are going to go into the topic of comparison syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't mind, how about we just jump right in? Can you tell us what is comparison syndrome? Because I think maybe a lot of people will understand and resonate with it when they know what it truly is. Yeah, totally. So comparison syndrome really just means that we are so focused on what everyone else is doing. And of course, nowadays, we this is kind of in our face a lot more because of social media, because of being online, communicating like pretty much mostly with that. We are always on our phones. We are always looking at other people in general, whether we're working, we're at work, we're comparing ourselves to maybe someone in the same position as, as us or even higher, you know, comparison in even as we were kids, whether we were in sports, where whether we were in, you know, class and someone's getting better grades than us or someone has a better body than us as a kid. And I just feel like we just focus a lot of times on other people instead of focusing on what we have currently and, and just who we are and in, in, in general. Oh, that's such a great description. It's so easy to be outside of yourself and seeking that, you know, validation through other people. And I think that, you know, it's, it's social media, it's society in general. We see it on TV. We compare ourselves to celebrities. We only see what's on the front forward facade versus like the real life, the, the real life stuff. So I love this. It's, it's definitely an issue because we feel like we're not good enough. We're always seeking something else to be better, to find something better and looking every other direction other, other than inward to try to find that. So that was great. I also know that, you know, it comes from a lack of self-expression and seeing what, what others are doing and what others are expressing. And, you know, I know that you have a great story around comparison from a young age through finding your career path and all of that. So could you tell us, tell us your story of comparison syndrome and self-expression? Yeah, totally. Thank you for that. And I do agree because, you know, I definitely feel that. So my story, so let's start from when we were kids. Basically. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it yeah. always starts from childhood. 
Yeah, I mean, we know for sure. That's kind of where all of our wounds are and whether we like it or not. And it's hard to look back at that. Um, but hopefully someone can totally relate to my story um, or bits and pieces and kind of pull that and use that um, just to get curious and find out where this all came from. And we're able to hear from that um, from that area too, which is amazing. For sure. So for me, I was involved in dance at a young age. I started like at the age of three and I basically did it through like middle of high school and then I also went into cheerleading after that too so you know I was kind of in the performer aspect for most of my life I hear you former cheerleader right over here we had lots well lots of that lots of comparison syndrome going on with that (laughs) yes exactly so as a kid through dance you know you kind of find your voice (laughs) through dance and I love movement I love music I love moving my body and that just that's just how I'm able to express myself the most and the most enjoyable way at the same time unfortunately through dance um, especially if you take it more seriously and go the serious route whether in company or whatever you automatically do compare yourself to people or even the teacher sometimes compare yourself too because you know if someone's doing a little better or someone gets a solo and you don't or you do point shoes or ballet right it's like all about the lines and all that in dance mm. and making everyone look very uniform mm, um, yeah which if you're more unique or if you have a different body type and stuff, you're it's kind of easier to stick out that way. So there was a moment I remember in dance class during a number we were practicing, you know, our, our recital number. And we had a pose like kind of facing the back wall where like our butt was, the, you know, our butt was to the front where the mirror was. And, you know, we had our hands up and we kind of had to stick your butt out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And all I remember my my teacher saying like yeah like you know talking about our pose or whatever and saying like yeah exactly how Lisa's doing it like she kind of has her butt popped out or whatever Mm. and kind of mentioned like you know where did you get that butt and I was like and I you know I don't realize until later that not that she did it on purpose or anything like that she was pointing it out but I do have a bigger lower half I do have a bigger booty and thighs and that's my body and I guess that was kind of the start of noticing that I was a little different um from a few of the other girls that are a little bit tinier or you know, not even skinnier exactly. I was still fit and fit looking, but, you know, I definitely just had a lower, like a apple bottom, right? Like a pear bottom, whatever you want to call it. I'm part of the, I'm part of the Beyonce booty tribe. So I am there with you. I've always rocked the lower half and I body shamed, I have body shamed that lower half of my body for so long. And it wasn't until recently where I was like, actually that lower half supports me pretty dang well. And it's pretty sexy and curves are sexy and give you more expression. I, I would have friends with flat butts tell me yeah. that they were like, I want your butt. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? It just sticks out. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. But like, I love that you said that you, you know, th- the favorism, favoritism really came through uniformity. And so the uniqueness of each individual was kind of scrutinized. It was like, don't stand out, don't be different. And I felt like that in cheerleading as well, where yeah. we had to, uh, you know, everything from the way that we we looked, we wore our uniforms, we pinned up our hair, we did our makeup, yeah. we wore the same lipstick. Every yeah. single piece of us had to look exactly the same in order to be successful, in order to have the points. And that was just the nature of the sport. But I didn't even realize until you just brought that up that that really did limit self-expression and 
really push the limits on comparison syndrome because you're always looking left and looking right and making sure that you match each person. And if you do stand out or you do look different, it's scrutinized. It doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good. And I know that I was a short little peanut. I mean, you've met me. I'm 5'2". At that time in cheerleading, I didn't have an ounce of fat on my body, but the other girls around me were 80 pounds and being tossed in the air by me. And I know that for me, it felt so bad at times because I was never the girl on the top. I was never the flyer. I was never the girl that could be put in the air. But it wasn't until probably the last couple of years that I was able, I've been able to heal my wounds from cheerleading and know that I was the strongest woman on that team. Being able to be grounded and lift her up and support her when she fell. I was the person that took the brunt of it. It's like that was the strength and the root of the team. And that belonged just as matter just as much as the people expressing themselves at the top of the pyramid. So, yeah. thank you for bringing that up and and that that sameness existed in your dance. Yeah. Totally. And I can totally relate because I was a bass in cheerleading also. Yeah. Bring and on the bass power. <laughs> yeah. And we definitely, you know, and there was definitely tinier people on my team too that like, you know, we lifted up and stuff and it is hard to relate that like, you know, we're not skinny enough to be up there in the air and, you know, but we were a huge part of it. We, we got to keep them safe and we got to lift them up and they trusted us, which was, you know, huge. Yeah. But I can totally relate to that too. And but in dance, yeah, I feel yeah. like in dance, you get the credit when you get the solos and you get the standout yeah. moments and everybody wants that opportunity to be in this be in the spotlight and if you're not yes. we're constantly looking at everybody else going well what are they doing well what are they doing well what are they doing and we do that like you said earlier in our jobs as parents as performers as girlfriends boyfriends spouses significant others it's like we're constantly comparing everything that we're doing to everybody else instead of just really living in what we've got yeah exactly and like I and now to think of it too like I went to my cousins my godchild actually no my cousins my cousin's recital uh this year this past year and she's younger she's like first grade and I I remember, you know, they're younger kids that are in, in the, the recital and the and they have the lines, of course, and you can tell the, the little ones, of course, the smaller ones, and they're not really following along like, to the mood <laughs> or, like, you know, doing their own thing. And it's like you kind of automatically laugh yeah. about it because you're like, oh, my God, they're not following along. Like, it's so cute. But it's like, you know, at the same time, we're kind of giving them that attention where it's like, no, they're, they're not normal for, like, sticking out and being uniquely themselves. Yeah. So right? how did your time in dance translate into your career path? Because I know, how did you transition into? To the later years of your life yeah so definitely through dance you know I loved it and I did continue it for a long time I feel like okay so interesting thought actually now is that I was in one dance studio we moved so I went to a new dance studio right before right, I was starting high school pretty much mm-hmm. and I was in the company of my old school which was amazing I loved it but the new studio was more experienced with with different uh, genres than my last studio was. Okay. So I didn't actually feel physically ready mm-hmm. for that because I wasn't trained in them, and I was very grateful that they let me into their into the company, the lower level, of course, to start out. But it was a lot for me, and I didn't feel like I was like the other girls. Mm-hmm. It was very intimidating, and I definitely compared myself. So I did drop out of the their company, and I did just do like two of my favorite classes, which was hip hop and tap. I loved them and I can enjoy them along with that then I went to cheerleading and you know got into a different comparison mode because I wanted to be you know pretty and popular and all those things in school Mm -hmm. and I was constantly trying to do that and be 
do the external thing and try to receive the attention that way instead of allowing myself to be completely myself and, you know, stayed in that comparison mode just in a different aspect of my life. Yeah, it's funny and, how we switch, how we just hop to from one thing to the next to the next when yeah. we feel like we don't meet our own standards. And I love that you brought up, my question to you is when you were at that other studio, the new studio, did anybody ever tell you that you didn't fit in, that you weren't good enough? Or was that an internal decision to leave because you were comparing yourself totally internal yeah isn't that so sad it's like we we give up on ourselves and what we truly desire for ourselves not because of what someone else has said sometimes it is right that feeds into the ego but oftentimes it's the story that we choose to put on repeat in our minds over and over and over again until we, we can't handle it anymore. And then we walk. And then we walk right away from the thing that really lights us up. Yeah. So I love that you were able to still find other outlets for self-expression. But it's interesting how that pattern just follows us through our lives until we actually address it. So keep going. Tell us more. So, yeah. So I did, you know, cheerleading then through the rest of high school. But I did love dance. I missed it. But I, you know, switched gears. So then it was kind of like, okay, you got to figure out what you want to do with your life and all those things. And since I always was more self-critical myself, it caused me to want to do something for others basically for my career to make them feel good because I knew how it was not feeling good myself Mm. and not that I ever really like voiced that or anything like that it was it was but it was more internal like I just was very most of us are very self-critical of ourselves Mm -hmm. more than other people right so you know thinking of where you know you would never say the thoughts to your best friend like that you would think about yourself oh right absolutely no way they'd be like what the hell are you thinking (laughs) and they would be like no you're amazing so it's kind of like thinking okay like if if my I would never say this to my best friend or allow her to say this to herself out loud to me like I'd be like what the hell like that's not true at all we just constantly get stuck in those thoughts Mm -hmm. when we feel like we're not enough or when we're constantly comparing ourselves and constantly striving to do all the things to earn that external validation like you're saying and so when I was um another moment that I I mentioned to you before is that my comparison about my look with even my body my lower body especially started back in like sixth grade when we started changing for gym class and like I can remember changing in front of the girls and it's like super awkward right at first yeah oh my gosh kind of maturing at a different ages and you kind of happen to like look at each other just to be like okay like does she have boobs like do I (laughs) right like and then um you know I remember like one of the most popular girls prettier girls she had like a thong on or something and like you know her friends were kind of like hiding her because she had like a thong on right and it was like weird at the time (laughs) and I kind of were thinking like oh like I should I I need that like or like you know what am I doing to like make myself seem prettier or like you know like her and like mm-hmm. attract the boys all those things and I just remember being always so shy getting changed in front of other people because I feel like they're judging me but really that's always myself just worrying about them and worrying about the external and, and being enough or being prettier or ideal or all those things yeah so it carries 
it just carries on when I, you're when you have those thoughts. Totally. I you know, one of the things that I can relate to is I know that um throughout my personal training, one of the things that I always loved doing is strength training. And once I became familiar with the set of weights and how to utilize free weights in the proper way, like I, I realized how powerful it was, how great it is for your body, but that's usually where the muscle heads hang out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was totally. always so intimidating to me. And then once I became so confident, I started encouraging the girls that I was training to make that their go-to spot. And I, I would teach them, I know that your that I know that you your brain is telling you that you don't belong over in that area because those people that are sitting there are lifting two hundred pound weights. But it's there is a reason why there's a five, a ten, a fifteen, a twenty. There is a reason why there are these other weight ranges over there and it's for us to be able to know that we can go in that zone too and one of my favorite things to do was to go into a gym with a newbie uh, client of mine and take them straight over to the scary zone and allow them to feel comfortable in that area with me like own the area and sit right down next to them the meathead <laughs> that's a bad word to use like there's there, most of them over in that area just so everybody knows are really really kind really nice people. So don't be intimidated by the big old muscles to just really own a space and create a space for yourself in there because it gets to be safe. We get to exist and be in any zone that we want when we release the comparison. When we go, they're not even looking at me. Those people, those guys were so busy focusing on what next weight level they could lift with their bicep. They didn't have time to even look at me. They didn't care what I was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was so beautiful when I could walk away from those clients and they would tell me, they would call me and say, Heidi, I went into the scary zone today and it wasn't even scary. I belong there. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, you too so belong there. And yeah. I love your story of dance because I know we're going to get to this part, but you found an area throughout your career where you you know now that your body does belong in dance. And you, yeah. I see you move it and groove it every day on Instagram, and it makes me <laughs> so freaking happy. Yeah, so, um, you know, after high school, I, I – so what I did with my career, I, I got into hairdressing, hairstyling, and I love it. I love feeling good when I got my hair done, so I decided to do that for others. And I did that. Um, I still do. And that, you know – can also be another part of comparison syndrome for me, especially an imposter syndrome is, is kind of another another area of it. Thinking that who who am I to be successful in that, and definitely felt the comparison when I first got into my career because I was afraid to even go into a salon because you know people are really good and and you have to build from the bottom up. So it can be really scary and intimidating with other girls that are doing really well, and you know girls sometimes can be mean and it can be intimidating with starting out and being the newbie and learning and, and you have to learn from mistakes. So you're not going to be perfect when you start out in any position, whether it's a job or a sport or whatever. And it took me a long time actually to get into actually what I love to do with hairstyling and being in that career. But besides that, I also miss dance a lot. And <laughs> what I used to do when I went to the gym was I went to classes and Zumba was big. Yeah. And I love Zumba. I love the rhythms. I love the movement. And you know me, since I do have a low, we both have our booties. <laughs> we like to take them. 
So I love Zumba for that. I love being able to move freely and just express myself the most through that. And so I did become a Zumba instructor. Another thing, you know, I allowed comparison to take over for that for a while. And um, just this past year, I started actually starting to teach and subclasses and get myself out there and feel comfortable. And now I can rock it. I can totally dance on social media, in person, with whoever. <laughs> and it feels so good because I know myself and that's when people get to know me the best the most when I dance when I show them what lights me up the most and just feel amazing honestly Uh, I love I love that you decided to take your pain and make it your purpose in a sense it was like you struggled so much with comparison syndrome and and self-expression that all you wanted to do was help other people feel good about themselves and express themselves in their truest form it's so beautiful when people actually get to take their pain and shove it into or put it into purpose. Uh it's it's just so so beautiful. Yeah, I love helping other people realize their power, realize their potential, realize their they're just being themselves is actually the best thing that you can do. Mhm. Mhm. The horrible thing about comparison syndrome too is that it blocks us from sharing our light with the world. Because when we're looking around and we can't fully express ourselves, think about how long it took you to actually share that gift that now brings joy to so many people. Every time you share your Zumba dances, I know that you bring a smile to people's faces. The way in which you can help people move their bodies and feel comfortable in that. The way that people are smiling and feeling joy in their heart leaving your chair after feeling be- looking beautifully back in the mirror at their new hairstyle. I know I love it. I love going to my hairstylist. It's it's kind of like a therapy session sometimes and then you oh, also totally. leave feeling so confident and loving your color yeah. and your cut. It's like you get to do all the things in that chair. So it's just I'm so glad that you were able to break out of that comparison syndrome and not let it take control of your life or limit you from your talents any longer because it's so beautiful to see you shine oh thank you Heidi yeah it definitely it definitely shifts your life into so much just so much more lightness so much more joy (laughs) that was my word for this year too so I you're all about that too and it really does when you follow what you love and what lights you up the most you really do find the joy and find the light to be for others you do you do can you talk a little bit about how people can move out of comparison and into self-expression what are some of the things that you did throughout your journey or that you do now in practice to make sure that you're checking yourself, that you're not staying stuck in comparison and you're shifting into self-expression. Totally, yeah. So for me, there's a couple things that I do. So for me, movement is my thing. I love music. I love dancing. So really, whenever I'm in a you know bad mood or like not the most energetic self, uh, energetic self, I put on a song that I love, whether it's just, it's a Zumba song, whether it's just like an upbeat song. I, I don't really like really slow songs or anything because it will pull my mood down. And I, so I like something upbeat and fun that I can shake my body to. And even, even if I'm in the car and it's not like where I can actually move my body fully, I can like sing and just shimmy it you know in the car at least and just move my body and just it literally puts me into a different state which is what we want to achieve in that moment move our energy and it just brings a lot of of joy to me so that allows me to be like okay like I'm back to myself I'm feeling good and that's all I need for in the moment you can sing it out if that's more your thing to uh to speak it out and use your voice that's not normally my thing 
but that can totally be your thing also. Oh, yeah. Um, I sing in the car on the way to work. It's not going to bother anybody. Yeah. Um, it, you know, <laughs> exactly. I just have a whole karaoke sing-along in my car every single day. And it's, it, it truly does move the energy, and it feels great. And then the other thing I do is when I do catch myself, you know, maybe feeling more critical of myself when I notice someone doing something or, you know, whether it's in work or even like online, right? Because like we see people post all the time their highlight reel. So I can definitely get pulled into that very easily too and be like, oh my God, I need to like, you know, do this, this, and this now because this person, you know, is doing what I want or at work and like someone's maybe doing like there's there's a few girls in my work that are really good at makeup and I like love watching them do makeup I'm like oh my god I need to like learn how to do that or x or maybe the hairstyle I'm like wow like she did amazing like I should do learn from her or whatever and that's exactly what I do I I learn from them instead of judging them or being envious or jealous or whatever the case I use it for inspiration I use it instead of you know feeling envious like I use it for inspiration like if they can do something, whether it's online or in person, and then I'm noticing and I'm like, wow, like, that's awesome. Or maybe, like, feeling down on myself because of it. I allow it to myself to, number one, gratitude and appreciation for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, I, I, you know, I am blank or I'm feeling beautiful today or whatever I need to say to myself in the moment. I allow myself to feel that gratitude, feel that appreciation for myself. And then take that as a learning moment and take that as inspiration um, and turn it around. And, and if I know them or if I feel that way, I can reach out to them. I can actually talk to them and be like, hey, like, how'd you do that? Or can you help me that with that? Whatever. Because most people actually will help you if you ask. Oh, for sure. People people love to be teachers. We do. We really do love to be teachers because it feeds our, it, it feeds our ego. When somebody yeah. says, hey, how did you do that? You become kind of that expert or that teacher, and you go, oh, they want to learn from me? Wow. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to add to that, Lisa, is it's. I love that you said turn it to a learning scenario and take yeah. it as inspiration, but also make sure that you take time to compliment that person. And, mm. and, and really, like, gratitude expands when we share it. So by saying to that person, I love what you're doing over here. I, I really think that it's so beautiful the way that you are able to use makeup in this way or do whatever whatever they're doing, at whatever wherever you work, whatever you're seeing yeah. this today, and give them that compliment because they need to hear that too and then it gets to light both of your hearts up yeah and that I love that too because it is such an important part like where we don't compliment enough and you know maybe that person does need that in the moment and just to let them know that that you noticed and that you're appreciative of for whatever they were doing that in that moment is such good timing and the last thing I want to mention is that another thing that you can add to it is just if they're doing that and you're using it as inspiration or you're complimenting them or whatever, why not me? Why not me? Like, why can't I be that person? Why can't I, you know, look like that or do that or whatever? Because you can. If someone else can do it, that shows you the opportunity that you can do it also. Yes, they're giving you the opportunity to see a version of yourself right there in front of you. It's positioned perfectly, always. When you see someone, use comparison to your benefit to see a piece of yourself that you truly desire. And I know this comes up for a lot of people. When we have that moment of like resentment or I'm not enoughness, what we get to ask ourselves is, what are they expressing 
that I want to be expressing. So quickly, quickly we turn the negative and we, we just gossip about them and say, oh, why are they doing that? When the reality yeah. is, is that we actually truly desire to be doing that. And yep. so we get to go, well, what are they doing? What are they expressing that I can do too? I can do that too. Like you said, it's just a mirror of what opportunity is available to us. So thank you for saying that. And then I think the biggie, the big, big, biggie for everybody listening is social media can be toxic. Like you said, social media is someone else's highlight reel. It is not they're behind the scenes and 99% of our day is behind the scenes, right? Yep. It's not what's being posted on social media. So take a social media detox, get out of there, time block. I know one of the things you mentioned to me is you time block your social media. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go on social media during this time and this time. So I make sure that I don't get lost or tripped up in it because we can spend hours comparing, comparing, comparing and asking ourselves, why do I want to go on social media tonight? Is it because I want to see what my mom and dad are doing in Michigan? Or, you know, and, and are they playing with the kids tonight? Or am I going on because I'm looking for a way to express myself and I'm trying to figure out how somebody else is doing it better? Totally. I know that one of our coaches gives us the advice of if you're in a specific industry, make sure you go in and unfollow the majority of the people in that industry if you find yourself in comparison syndrome. I know you've probably done this. I was known for doing this when I was a personal trainer and it was a detriment to my soul and my success because I followed every successful multi-million dollar fitness model who punished her body on a regular to look the way that she looked and to make money through the fitness industry model which is you know a a whole nother conversation that I know you and I could talk about on another podcast, (laughs) but it killed me, Lisa. It killed me. I would constantly compare myself to these women who I, I indeed did not want to look like turns out, but I thought I did. I thought that their level of success was a reflection of what their body looked like. And to some extent it was what they were selling, you know, the six pack abs that are near impossible for most humans to get because most humans don't want to live the life that she's living or he's living. Totally. The second that I got into even the even the industry that we're in now, we're both in the the food and body coaching, self-love coaching, life coaching, relationship coaching. It's all pretty much one mm-hmm. and the same. I really don't follow that many people in this industry now. As much as I learn and grow from them, I listen, I consume their podcasts and things that they're talking about and things that they're doing that support the messages that we truly believe to be true and and up level our lives but I don't follow a lot of people in this industry because I don't want to build my business based on what they're doing I want to be, build my business based on who I am and mm-hmm. and who I've grown to be um, and who my who my audience is and no one no one is unique to me or you or anyone else here listening so we've got to stop looking outside of ourselves We've got to just turn inside and live life um, based on our terms. This has been such a beautiful conversation. (laughs) Yeah, so fun. So how do people find you, Lisa? How do people find you? What are you up to these days? Yeah, so I am on Instagram mostly, of course. So you can find me at at lisa.lascala, L-A-S-C-A-L-A. So you can find me there. You can DM me. You can, you know, whatever. You can reach out to me. You know, like Heidi said, I like to do some uh, 
daily dance parties on my story. Yes, so join the dance. Tag me. I love doing those. And I'm probably going to start doing what a Heidi does with Weirdo Wednesday and start tagging you ladies mm-hmm. because that'd be a fun having dance parties on uh, Instagram Weekly. Basically, what I'm up to is I'm actually getting ready to redo my five-day self-love challenge very soon through email. So you can totally reach me, reach out to me for that. And I also do have a Stop Stress Eating Masterclass that you can reach out to me for that if you're looking for it if it's not on my link in my bio if you do reach out to me from Heidi's uh, podcast I will totally give you a discount too so if that's something that you're I would totally love to do that so just mention that you're you heard our podcast I would definitely give you a discount so that is so generous that is so generous you guys definitely start following Lisa take advantage of her offers we're gonna put all this in the show notes but who doesn't need self-love and who doesn't need to stop the stress two biggies go find her stuff immediately it's epic So I have two closing questions, Lisa, that I asked everybody on the podcast. The first one is, what do you love most about yourself? What do I love most about myself? That is a good question because I haven't, you know, haven't sat with that for a while. Yeah. Right now, I would say what I love most about myself is that I am stepping into my power right now. And it's super scary, but super exciting at the same time because I'm learning to listen within, like we've just talked about. It's still a practice for me. I'm not perfect at it. And there are times that I do allow myself to just do the external stuff and learning to and practicing it every day, whether it's in meditation, whether it's journaling, whether it's just, you know, listening in and just allowing my intuition to guide me is really beautiful. And I think being able to reconnect with my body is huge because I'm able to find different parts of myself that I love every single day. That makes me so happy to hear that you're just tuning inward and taking time for yourself. That's such a big gift that we can give ourselves. And then the final question is, what does joy feel like? Joy. Ah, joy totally feels like a lot of smiling to me. Like as soon as you said that, like I just instantly <laughs> smiled. And I practiced that all of this year. That's I looked for joy in my life because I felt like I lost it also. And I really wanted to focus on that this year. And it's just, it's allowing myself to be fully myself and express myself like through dance, especially like I just feel very light and I feel very happy and, you know, just trusting that like everything's happening for me. (laughs) There couldn't couldn't be a better way to close this other than how we started. We started talking about self-expression, right? And to hear you say that joy is self-expression through the form of smiling. And she has the best, most beautiful smile. So go look at all her photos. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) self-expression. It's just, it's so beautiful. And I've loved our chats together together today. And I love you and all that you're doing. So thank you so much for joining us. Of course, Heidi. Thank you for having me. And as always, I love chatting with you too. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.